Welcome back to The Drop. This is Michael Saramella here to talk about everything that happened this week in surfing. To be fair, it's a holiday week, so this episode's going to be a little bit shorter. We're not going to cover quite as many topics as usual, but before we get into those, I do have one really big thing that I want to tell you guys about. The podcast listeners are getting this first because you guys are just loyalists. We love chatting with you every week, and we want to give you guys a little bit of bonus. So right now, Stab is running a 25% off Stab Premium annual sale. Normally it's $79 for a full year of Stab Premium. That gets you access to all of our films, series, daily articles, etc. Everything that we produce, everything under the sun, you get access to. Normally $79 a year. That comes out to like something ridiculous, like 15 cents a day. But we're going to knock it down to 25%. So now it's going to be $59 for the year. This is our Cyber Monday sale. And you can get it by going to sign up for Stab Premium and type in code CYBER25. That's Cyber25, C-Y-B-E-R 25. I've said the same thing about 12 times in different ways, so hopefully the message has gotten across. And now, let's drop in. There's a lot that we should also just be thankful for. What's something that you're thankful for in surfing right now? The last seven days of waves. Oh, has it been good? Yeah, it's been good. It's been a crazy run. What are you thankful for in surfing right now? Uh, well, it's actually kind of related. Uh, if you saw on our Instagram this past week, we posted two clips on the same day. It was on Thanksgiving, actually. One of which was one of the most perfect waves that I've ever seen, which I believe is somewhere near where you live, uh, written by Nick Von Rupp. And the other one was a shitty one-foot piece of dribble that Dylan Perillo just did every single thing you could possibly do to it. And I just love that about surfing, how... I, I bet those guys felt a similar level of stoke after completing both of those waves. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing about what we do. It's, you know, obviously we all look forward to those like epic days, but at the same time, even on the average days or below average days, there's always these moments that kind of just like give you that magic feeling in surfing. And uh, yeah, I'm thankful for that. Wow. Getting deep. I like it, Mikey. I like it. I saw both those clips, very different ends of the spectrum. But both looked like they'd feel really nice. You got a good point. Yeah. And you know what else? I had a funny experience, like, kind of on the same train of thought. But the other day, like, you know when you're surfing a spot where it kind of breaks a little bit farther out, and in order to get back in, like, you basically are trying to, like, ride a piece of white water that goes all the way in. And, like, sometimes it just fizzles out, but sometimes they, like, connect perfectly and, like, double up, and you just get, you're on that, like, one little two-foot-wide piece of white water that, like, carries over the flat spot. And it's just such a good feeling when you, like, make that connection. Like, you're on your belly, or maybe you're on your feet. I don't know. There's just so many like little things in surfing that just like give you these little bursts of joy. Oh no! Getting away from the beach is the best. It's the best thing that we can do, especially like you said, if you're far out and it doesn't normally happen. Like not every wave breaks the beach; it usually like fizzles out. And if you make it all the way there, it's the coolest. Yeah, your day is already like if that's the beginning of your day, you're gonna have the best day. If that's the end of your day, that's like the best way to. You're like, okay, today was a fucking success. Wow, I didn't have any of that. I got a lot of barrels, but I didn't have any of that. I'm jealous now. <laughs> Barrels are good too. Barrels are good too. All right, let's get to the news. Red Bull No Contest gets popped by Morocco's endless pleasure points, the biggest mosque in Africa. Dude, it's getting popped by everything. It's getting popped by mosques <laughs> and pleasure points and Ashen Goggins. It's cool. Nacho Gonzalez, Kawi Vass, Laura Kovia. Um, it's all happening down there, man. This was a really good episode. It was honestly, okay, 
before any of this, Buck, have you been to Morocco? Yes. Okay. I was going to find that personally offensive if you hadn't, because if I'm not mistaken, you are like one small sliver of water away from them. Is that fair to say? You can drive there. I drove there. Wait, you can drive there? Is there a bridge? No, you have to take a ferry across the Strait of Gibraltar. But it's a cheap ferry. It's super easy. And then you're just there and you have your car. So it's all good. I did accidentally, maybe I kind of drove down a street market when I was there once. And that was not good. That was not a good thing. Um, I think if you go, if you fly in, sometimes people don't really rent cars. They just, you can just base out of a surf camp and kind of, even if you have to get a cab or somewhere to the waves, like you're fine. But uh, I drove the one time and I did, in, the thing said to turn right. I didn't know that there was a street market that day. And uh, French license plates, blonde chick with me in the front. It didn't go well. They were not They were not thrilled. They were not thrilled, but I got through. Yeah, you should have asked Ashton about the cultural customs. This is his third home. Um, he went there for a week <laughs> and he stayed for two months. And... I honestly, this is the episode of No Contest above any others that I've seen in this season or prior that like made me want to absolutely go to this place. Like the food, the people, the waves. There's so many different places to surf. By the way, I didn't really know, like having never been there, like obviously Morocco is one of those spots as a regular footer that it's sort of just like on your bucket list, but I never really looked into how it all works. And just to know that there's so many different zones with waves, like it just looks like heaven. Yeah, yeah, and it's such good timing. We're getting into the season, like this last swell. Basically, the way it works is that it's far enough south that it's out of the track of most storms. Like, Portugal's already most of the way out of that, but sometimes we still get hit by those, like, big swell-generating Atlantic storms. Um, Even that's why a lot of people go down to, like, the southern region in Portugal because you kind of miss that there, too, a lot. But Morocco's just an extension of that. It's like those things, it could just be 40-mile-per-hour onshore hell week up here, and that place is just pumping. So this time of year when like you see those those things happening, you see the forecast, anytime you talk to somebody who's like intelligent and has a flexible schedule, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to Morocco tomorrow. You're like, yeah, I, I, you're smart. Like, I get it. Um, I looked it up before for context. I found like a $500-ish round trip from LA. It didn't look that fun. It was like a 20-something, 30-hour flight. Uh, but most, like if you're trying to be quicker, I saw something like minimum of like 17 hours looked like the low point. Um, from Sydney, you're looking at like 30 and seeing stuff for 1500 For us here from Lisbon, it's uh, I found a 36-euro round-trip flight. Fuck it's off. an hour and a half. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> you've got to drive once you get there, but just for context, that is how easy it is from, I mean, Portugal's easier than France and all that, but from anywhere in Europe, it's pretty damn easy. It's that cheap and easy. I just, yeah. I mean, well, the way it's referenced in the show is that it's kind of seen as similar to like Mexico to California or like a Bali to Australia. So I think it's like in that same vein of proximity, relatively cheap price points, and obviously wave quality. So, uh, but that being said, I think that I'm going to have to make a venture there. If not this season, then maybe the next one. Like after seeing this episode, and it's also so informative. This is where I think that No Contest is like really hitting its stride of providing obviously the entertainment and the characters that you want to see, but also like you're getting so much information that is actually useful. So I feel like I could just watch this one more time, take a couple notes and have my trip pretty much sorted, which is a really, really cool thing. So well done to Ashton um, and the guys on our team and the people at Red Bull who made this all happen. And if you want to see and hear more about these trips, uh, 
avid pod listeners will know that we're dropping these episodes with Ashton and Stace. And uh, next up will be South Africa. So if you're not getting enough of it on the site, you can double down and listen to their podcast together. Do it. Get there. Sean Manners paddled 47.25 kilometers in 2.5 days on a pie and beer diet. And all he got was this stupid stab series, which is called the Electric Acid Surfboard Test. This is Ethan Davis' story. He broke down just a little behind-the-scenes piece about what was going on at the East. Um, specifically, I mean, we weren't supposed to go to Bell's, but it's, you know, it sounded like a big swell came up and they got real horny. We are just like, ah, we're going to Vic. <laughs> so I think the result is great. We talked about it last it was two weeks ago, but last, when the first episode dropped, like I haven't seen, I'm sure people in Australia see way more of it, but as an outsider, I hadn't seen much of that region other than just like the comps. And so to see his surfing there in those waves, is just really refreshing. And Ethan kind of gave us the backstory here, including just how much sweat Sean put in. What'd you learn here, Mikey? I, I have one big takeaway that I want to address, but I'm going to ask you first. Okay, well, this kind of came about because, well, one, we have this one-week gap between, or I guess it's a two-week gap between episodes, but we're in that, like, interim week right now. So episode two of Sean's Electric Acid will drop next week, and we wanted to sort of keep the conversation alive. And also, we did this cool thing with Italo during Stab in the Dark where we kind of, like, tracked his stats and made a story out of it, and it actually did really well on the site. A lot of people read it, um, and I think the title of that was Italo Ferreira Caught 63 Waves in an Hour. Sean didn't quite pull that off, but it is a bit apples and oranges. Like, one person is surfing a beach break with a ton of waves coming through at short period, one person surfing a point break with, you know, longer period swells, and obviously a lot of people who are trying to catch those waves. Um, we also have an Olympic gold medalist versus an Australian free surfer. They have slightly different training regimes, you could say. And also then you have one person who is probably more concerned than the other about how they come across in a lineup as well. So there's a few different factors. Um, But Sean ended up getting about the same number of waves as Italo did in that one hour over the course of 2.5 days. But it could be argued that he actually worked harder for those like physically. So Ethan did a little breakdown of the distances that he paddled, and his caloric output, I guess? I don't know how you'd say that, but basically how many calories he would have burned doing all this. So what was your big takeaway? My biggest takeaway, okay. Okay, it was fun learning about all, uh, just how much work he put in. I mean, I kind of, I knew he was the type of person that just will get stuff done. Like, it doesn't surprise me that he really, like, went this hard at this project. Um, That was not shocking to me. And I guess... I didn't know how much work it was actually. It's awesome seeing like hard stats around how much work this is, how much effort it is to do what he did. Medium hard stats. The yeah. numbers are a little, there's some guesstimation going on. There's a little bit of guesstimation, but we did use the word arithmetic in the, in the copy, which I liked. Um, and so the most interesting thing to me about this, which it wasn't, it wasn't the paddling thing. It was, just lightly mentioned that Sean prefers FCS1. Um, that was just a little line in there. Mm. And he calls it out in the first episode, too. He kind of says, like, I forget what exactly the remark is, but he makes some... He's clearly upset that, that FCS1 is becoming obsolete. I think he just says, like, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, like, that is just figuring this out. 
it must just be because his dad's a shaper that he even still has access. Like, dude, they're going to stop making that, and I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> oh, my God. It is so funny because it's like the – we've had this conversation before about futures versus FCS, and it's like one is basically selling convenience, and the other is selling security. And FCS one basically is like, yeah, you're just doing double the work of futures for no real additional benefit that I can see. Unless there's like fin templates that he loved that they don't make anymore in FCS two. But I just, yeah, what is the point of screwing in two different? They just don't understand. What a character just being off of it. I can't believe it. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and then yeah, it was awesome to see. Just hear the backstory that that wasn't intentional. That I think anybody can relate to seeing a swell forecast. Just be like, doesn't matter if it wasn't in the cards. We have to be there. So that was the case here. Um, I guess another thing that surprised me was just his caloric. You were talking about output, but his intake was, I thought, a bit low. I mean, this was again, like you said, there's an estimation that's a bit crude, but per Ethan's app's calculations. Um, about, I mean, I'm going to just go to the U.S. version of calories. It's about 2,500 calories. That's not that much. That's like, so you can eat that at McDonald's in, in an afternoon. Yeah. I mean, that's also probably like 70% beer, too. So you got to consider that. Yeah. I mean, if good point. Good point. But I do feel like Clay Marzo could probably eat that. I think that's just his, like, like that's breakfast for him. And so the 30%, he's a skinny boy, though. He's not, Sean isn't, um, you know. Who's a bulky pro? He's no Kyborg. He's not Kyborg, but Ethan says that uh, he's pretty good at jujitsu. I guess you don't have to be too big for that, though. Did they wrestle? Uh, that was unclear. He he decided not to go there in the story, but it's very possible. I feel like they'd be a good match, actually. Yeah, because doesn't Ethan get into that? I feel like maybe we'll get the answer to this question. This is big. Did did the stab Stafford <laughs> jujitsu with Sean Manners during the Electric Acid Surfboard test this year? This is big. That's cool. <laughs> That's true. So anyway, this story covers literally just the first 2.5 days of the trip. Well, the trip, that was the entirety of the trip to Victoria. But then they hop on a plane and I believe chase the same swell over to New Zealand. So they're basically, yeah, they're just following this swell from uh, southern Australia over to New Zealand. And um, yeah, then starting next week, Sean's going to be over there testing the remaining six boards some of the other six boards that he already tested, and he's going to be making some selections for the final. Wow. Exciting, exciting. And he's going to wrestle Ethan there too, I feel like. A keg-packing Aussie barista who once visited the Emerald Isles and never left. That's kind of crazy. I mean, I've been to Ireland a few times. I think it's really a special place. I don't think I could live there. No, Elaine can. <laughs> He's lived there for 10 years. I mean, it's, it's a classic love story, Buck. Australian boy meets an Irish girl, uproots his entire life, just chasing caverns of varying sizes and warmth. It looks like it's working well for him, man. Like, you saw this edit. <laughs> it's not going bad. But from the sunny coast to that, just 8 minutes and 31 seconds of cold, dark very frightening waves that he confidently puts himself in the belly of. And then he just goes and he makes some nice coffee after. That's pretty cool, actually. I'm going to move to Ireland now. I mean, and the fact that, too, it can't really be overstated, the fact that he comes from somewhere where you can basically wear board shorts all year round. 
And now he's surfing waves that are significantly larger and scarier and thicker and more powerful than where he came from. But he's doing it in a five mil most of the time too. And we obviously come from New Jersey where winters are absolutely freezing and you know, you kind of get used to that, but you never really get used to it. Your senses are always sort of dulled when you're wearing that much rubber. Like you're, you're slower, you're more cumbersome, like everything about surfing is harder. So to see what he's been able to do over there, despite having a totally different upbringing is really, really impressive. I feel safer in it though. I feel like when you have a five mil on, you're like, oh yeah, I could bounce off some rocks. So there, I'll give for the five mil. Yeah, that. But in the way like an astronaut can, you know what I mean? Like you, you it, cause it's not you, right? It's, it's some totally separate piece of fabric that's like you're not actually feeling anything which means that you can't actually feel anything in regards to your surfboard either like even paddling is harder because your gloves and your arms are so buoyant that it takes that much more energy to like shove them under the water and it's just it's hard it really is hard so those are some of the gnarliest waves on earth they are and it's mentioned here like him just talking about moving to a new place and it's it's quite a tight-knit community i feel like usually the word tight-knit is like it's like when you call like an apartment cozy and you're saying it's small, tight knit usually means people are dickheads and it's just the opposite of the case there. And it's just like a small tight knit group of people who are like the warmest, most welcoming, like want you to have a good time as long as you're respectful. And that's not even like saying that, like in some places, like you have to, you know, crazily show respect. It's like, as long as you're just not also a dickhead to them, as you're just cool and say hi. And you know, they're the loveliest people which is just so rare when you usually have like really like world-class waves plus tight-knit community. That's not often the case. He's obviously making people some pretty good coffees, um, integrating himself into the community, which is good play. And also it's worth noting that this part was actually meant to be a Globe cult of freedom part. Uh, But we know that Globe pulled its funding basically from the surf-specific stuff. So now it is alongside Sean Manners sitting as a stab edit of the year entry. It's obviously one of the last ones as the window is closing on November 30th so that we can begin our voting for that and stab surfer of the year. But little uh, teaser here, we have at least two more stab edits of the year that are going to drop before the window closes, maybe even three or four. So uh, yeah, and one that we've been talking about for a while, let's just say it, Russell Bjerke, um, there's going to be some wild shit in there. I have a deep stomach feeling about that one. I was just going to say, can I, can I tell you about one more that's like kind of a bit of a, uh, a dark horse, but I'm so excited to see it as well? Do it, but I want to have one last note on Noah Lane. There's something really important to talk about here, but do the hype the next one first. Huey Vaughn. Oh, I knew that thing was coming. I've been talking to them quickie boys. That thing is going to be stupid, isn't it? Have you seen it? No, but that kid is out of his mind. Like, we obviously saw what he did last year, Lakey Peak, Stab High. Uh, but his ability in like really proper scary waves too like and it's just yes there is like a bit of a novelty factor because he just looks so tiny and so young and he is actually probably a little bit older than he looks but like just seeing a a a kid of that size surfing waves like that and putting himself in those positions (laughs) it's just pure entertaining oh man i can't wait to see that wow a lot just cramming in here i love it yeah everybody wants that bitcoin all right what's the last thing on no lane the tom curran thing hmm so there was the Irish Surf Film Festival in Galway last weekend, and this thing won. No Lane's at it won. And Tom Kern was in town. And there's just this photo in this story of Tom 
it's just the guys <laughs> wearing matching shirts drinking Guinness. And Tom, it's just hilarious to me. It's almost like Bill Murray-esque of Tom Curran just in a matching shirt looking semi-confused uh, at an Irish, at a, at a film festival in Galway. He played some music. And so that is just so cool to me. That's just the best. I wonder if Tom Curran knows what he's going to do like at any point or if he just wakes up every morning and it's just like, I'm going to go over to Ireland. I think it's the latter. I think it's that. <laughs> I like to think that too. <laughs> so shout out to him. That's awesome. He's the best. Let's talk about the Vance Pipeline Master, shall we? But first, a note from our friends at Fringe. Oh, yeah. Be honest with yourself. What would it take for you to be truly happy in life? Do you want to do something grand? Run a marathon? Maybe climb Everest with a bunch of Nepalese people helping you out, thinking you're an idiot the whole time? Or do you want a job that you're passionate about? Something that gives you a sense of purpose? Or maybe you just want to make a lot of money, you know? Get a big house, drive a nice car, maybe find a physically attractive partner to do things with. Oh, you ever wonder what it'd be like to do any of these things to achieve them? Would you be satisfied? Would you be happy? Or would you still wake up in the night with the sheets soaking wet and the freight train running through the middle of your head? Oh, I'm on fire. You don't need any of that. What you need is the fringe bar. Fringe has created the world's first protein bar made specifically for surfers. Fringe bars are designed to provide the ultimate nutrition to fuel your session and help you recover for your next. Don't climb Everest. They're fully plant-based, gluten-free, 15 grams of protein, zero grams of added sugar, made with real, all-natural ingredients, and they come in three delicious flavors. Uh, they have the adaptogenic mushrooms to keep your mind and your body balanced they will bring you inner peace i was upset in life i was sad and i had a fringe bar and i was not sad after head on over to fringefoodco.com now and use the code stab to take 15 percent off your first order of fringe bars they are available in 12 packs of chocolate almond butter coconut cashew mango hemp or you get the variety pack with all three flavors again that's code stab to get 15% off your first order and be finally fulfilled in life. Eyeball the 60 surfers in the 2023 Vans Pipe Masters. But why eyeball it when you can earball it? Mikey, I'm gonna go through this name by name and we're gonna do word association. You have to just say a word, you can't repeat anything, so you're gonna have to have 60 words coming out of that brain for each surfer on this list. 60 words? Yeah, 60. I only know like, oh Jesus, okay. 60. Yeah, great. <laughs> Craig Anderson. Knees. Koalana Po. Uh, deep. Noah Beshin. Flagrant. Ooh, wow. Russell Bjork. Bjork A. Um... <laughs> Oh, man. I don't think I can go through 60 of these. All right. Well, you don't have to be adjective every time. You just say, like, flow state. Just name, like, his edit or something. I've got a way more fun game. Okay. Well, we made it, like, almost all the way there. That was good. We got the three. 
<laughs> okay, uh, there is um, there's a, a young woman who is in the Vans Pipe Masters. I think you're looking at the list right now. And her last name is Kinemaka. And I would like for you to pronounce her first and middle name. <clears throat> Maluhia. One for one. Okay. 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 Whew. This is, folks, <laughs> it's getting a little bit hot over here in Portugal. We just had a cold snap, but. All right. Haleokawaiya. <laughs> <laughs> Bali aloha. Kinimaka. I mean, fuck, as far as I'm concerned, you nailed Kauai it. Kauai is written in there. I wasn't kidding. It says that. It's, it's. So is aloha. Halio Kauai Ipilioha. Ipilioha. I was struggling enough on Laura Covilla before. I really wanted to pronounce those L's, dude. We pronounce them in Portugal. We like L's. Yeah, to be clear, Buck is not at all being um, bigoted toward the Hawaiian language. He cannot pronounce names of any language, really. No, none. I've lost all of them. My, I hit Tom Curran before. His was easy. Nailed it. Okay, well, this is finally, we have the full list of surfers who are going to be in the 2023 Vans Pipe Masters. Like last year, it is going to be a 50% Hawaiian field and a 50%, uh, well, people who are not from Hawaii. And it's going to be 40 men and 20 women. And Buck, are there any names on here that surprise or intrigue you? I'm psyched that Shree Falls having a crack. It's going to be sick to see him in those mm. waves. I feel like... They're going to look small next to him. Yeah, he's tall. He's a big boy. Um, he's from Senegal. I've always been a fan of his surfing for the past few years he does sick airs so i haven't seen much of him in hawaii i think i'll just be really interested in him have a crack so i think that's cool um nathan florence has had such a crazy year that i don't know man he's gonna win probably it's just how is he, he you know what i mean you've seen what he's been doing it feels like he should if it just feels yeah, right like he should so especially if it's Big and gnarly, and I mean, everybody on here will have a crack if it is. Um, oh, yeah, here's a name. Ameo Cizermak. <laughs> How would you say that one? Emio? Yeah, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people say Emio. Um, I would say Ameo, but I think it's probably Emio and just maybe Cizermak. Yeah, I think it just kind of let it roll off the tongue. Cizermak, yeah, fuck that Z. But he is a freaking lunatic. I remember... Um, who was I talking to? I was talking to Moana Jones earlier this summer. She was in California. And she was saying that, like, he is the craziest person that she's ever met as far as, like, surfing scary waves goes. Like, he'll just take off on closeouts because he's, like, bored of sitting out the back. Which is, like, yeah, something you do when it's three foot and a beach break. But not when it's ten foot and pipeline. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I think his technique in backside tubes is so good, too. I mean, he grew up surfing Chopu, so it makes sense. But... Uh, he he strikes me as the person that can get like the craziest barrel ever ridden by a regular footer at Skeleton Bay. Like I feel like he's one of the few people that can like go that fat, be that in control of speed. Um, so yeah, he's he's a weapon. Um, Kira Pinkerton, I'm gonna throw that one out there too. I've seen some of her stuff in Indo, and she gets fucking kegged. Um, she's gnarly, so I'm excited to see her. And then I think just the younger crew. Like I think I mean it's an easy one. 
because she won last year, but seeing Molly, I just feel like there's just such a hunger there, like really wanting the psycho wave. So Laura too. Laura is, I never is. She'll swing on it. The whole list of everybody will swing on anything that comes their way. Let's be honest. There's 60 of them. They'll all do it. And the craziest thing is like, I don't know, it doesn't, for some reason, it doesn't feel to me like it's already Hawaii season, but we're two weeks out from this thing. Like it's seriously already happening. Hawaii's going to hit with a huge swell today. So obviously the ocean feels differently than I do. And we're so close that if you wanted to, you could even delude yourself with the Surfline 16-day forecast and try to figure out when this thing is going to run. But I wouldn't advise No, I did. Um, advise no, it. I did. I did that exactly. The, okay, on noon, <laughs> at noon on the first day, which is the 8th, they're saying it's going to be 8 feet at 13 seconds with 11 mile per hour south-southeast wind gusting at 14. <laughs> Perfect. We're out there. Shit, let me let me check swell direction. That was important. That was stupid. I'm sorry, audience. I gotta check swell direction because you... I'm looking at it right now. It's saying northwest, three twenty six. Three twenty. So we're in the okay. Window. That's you're looking at the eighth at noon. That's what they're saying. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so lock it in. I mean, it's there in writing. <laughs> the other cool thing is we stab we being stab is going to play a decent role in the webcast this year. We're kind of helping direct the the angle of it content wise which is really fun danny johnson is overseeing it so you know it's going to be a good time one of the things that we're doing is we're sending a questionnaire out to all the surfers to get a little bit more background info on them so that the commentators have that you know in their arsenal to pull out during slow moments or fast moments whatever they feel uh one of the questions that we're asking buck is who is the greatest pipe surfer of all time and why who would you say Mm, I really like the way John John surfs out there. Why? Anything that he's put out in the past 10 years. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, you know, he's got one pipe master. Someone like Kelly's got seven. Surely that's got to mean something. Yeah, not to me. <laughs> Wait, going Kelly? I don't know. I, I Part of me thinks that Jamie O'Brien is also... I think those are probably the three people that are really, truly in that conversation. All regular foots, interestingly mm. enough. I think that's because backdoor is so hard backside. Yeah, I guess I'll go Kelly. I just The fact that he won it at basically 50 years old. Yeah, sure, if they were to paddle out you know, today, John John would probably get a little bit better of a wave than Kelly. But we're also looking at Kelly twice the age of John John, almost. So I don't know. I th- think Kelly in his peak probably had that wave about as dialed as you could and also there's there's like advancements in techniques nowadays so yeah maybe if you put john john's best clips up against kelly's john john still gets the dub i don't know how to really like compensate Mm. for something like that because then it's like yeah i don't know it gets it gets convoluted but i'm gonna go kelly you can go john and we'll see what everybody else says and we're actually going to aggregate their votes and see who is kind of like the the surfer surfer out of pipeline that's cool i wonder how jerry will do he'll get a few Ooh, good he'll question. get a few yeah he'll get a he's few. gonna get seven votes buck are you are you coming out to hawaii at all this year i'm not that's the other side of the planet although i did i did meet some guys in the water this past week that came over here for five days from Hawaii, which I was, it's literally the other side of the planet. I just saw a good forecast and did it. I was like, holy shit, cheap tickets, $500 to get to the other side of the world, I guess. Um, so wow. shout out to those guys. Shout out to the guys that I met at Super Tubas as well that uh, were visiting the younger kids. You know who you are. They're listeners, fans of the program. Nice kids. I hope they had safe travels and enjoyed their Thanksgiving, which they're getting home for. Um, Anyway, so no, I'm not. It's a long ways. 
Okay, well, I'll be out there. And in preparation, there was a bit of a swell where I live yesterday. And I brought out a 6.4 because I haven't ridden a bigger board in a long time. And oh my God, how fun is riding bigger boards? It's the best. Like, seriously, it totally changes everything about your surfing experience, mostly for the better, I would say. I told you, last time I was there with you and we bought the quiver of 6.10s, that thing is still in New Jersey at my parents' house. And last time I was there, I was surfing it in like waist-high waves, having a blast. Literally a <laughs> 6.10 rockered-out thing. And it was still so fun. You could still, like... You would think that maybe it wouldn't be a good board to ride, and like it, like through flat sections and everything. You'd be like, "Oh, six ten, weird rocker out thing, cruising through them, power surfing through them." Yeah, sick. All right. Well, we're excited for Hawaii, as you can tell. Uh, like I said, we're two weeks out from the Vans Pipe Masters. The forecast it just looks absolutely pristine. We'll be there at noon on the eighth. Put it on your calendar. Eight feet, thirteen seconds. Watch out for those gusts. They're coming in fourteen miles per hour out of that south southeast. What else we got, Mikey? We've got you mentioned this before. You were you felt deeply about a Dylan Perillo wave that was featured in the edit that Dane made on him, Chapter Eleven edit. Uh, that's on the site. Kelly's got a shark in captivity or something, a surfboard. Um, <laughs> there's a Cyber Monday deal. There's a Cyber Monday deal on Stab. Cyber Twenty Five. Get in there. Yeah. And wave pool comps are becoming a thing now, like not just surf ranch. I'm fucking back in that. Like everybody kind of hates the surf ranch, but just this one in Melbourne that ran looks sick. Yeah. Dakota Walters. Wait, no. Did Dakota Joel win? Joel Vaughn won the best. No, there. no, no. Sorry. Joel Vaughn won. Yes. Dakota Walters got second. I think it, that is something that is interesting because you get two guys, like they were going against some like pretty big names, but these flyweight guys are going to probably have an advantage in these pool events, right? It's got to sort of have some impact. Nah, my money's on Kyborg. <laughs> okay. Well, it honestly wasn't like the, the biggest, you know, it's, it's a holiday week realistically in the U.S. So it wasn't a huge, huge week for news, but there's still a lot of exciting stuff going on on the site. Next week, however, we're straight back into it full swing. We've got a new episode of the Electric Acid Surfboard Test with Sean Manners. We've got a new episode of No Contest. Again, we're going to South Africa. We've got multiple stab edits of the year and hopefully some big news stories coming up as well. Oh, it's all happening, baby. And this week, we've also got the return of the surf sin, and it's a good one. Hey, what's up, Stab? I am sending you in my surf sin, although I'm not so sure that I really see this as a surf sin. I think in this day and age, you know, surfers are too obsessed with status and being cool and with our black wetsuits and white boards everyone's just too self-conscious to kind of let themselves go and my surf sin for which i make no apology is i claim and i claim mediocre pretty average if not crappy waves all the time part of the reason i do it is because my mates hate it so much in fact as part of this submission i'm going to send you in a clip of me making a claim and one of my buddies in the foreground literally shaking his head in shame. And I ain't going to stop, no matter what sin you guys give me. Have you ever been bowling? I've been bowling. Yeah, I have. Did you get a strike? I've gotten a strike. What'd you do after? 
Um, <laughs> uh, there, there's actually a, a video on the internet of me doing what I did after I got a strike. I'll play it now. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! it that is right, I said it! Another five! Are you kidding me? Oh my god. Fuck. I was about to thought I thought I was gonna make a good point and then you kinda just fucked me over here, Mikey. You kinda got me good. My whole thing was gonna be about how like it just if you do something that you were trying to do that's somewhat unlikely and then it goes well and it works, like it's just a human thing, especially in like a sporting kind of situation. And so I fully back this guy. I don't disagree with him at all. I think it's so stupid that like when you do, when something feels good, you feel good, and you just suppress it in surfing. That's so lame to me. I think it's stupid. I think, I think it's a shit part of our culture, and I'm happy. This guy's a hero in my book. The the bowling guy or the or the surfer. The surfer guy who's just and the fact that it makes his friends embarrassed. I think it's so cool to do things that just creates embarrassment in those who love you most, those who are closest to you. That's like the sweet spot for me. It's doing that. So I I love this guy. I think he's great. I agree. It's not a sin. I'm still going to tell him to do something because that's part of the program, but I fully back him. If something feels good and you're excited about it, what are you going to do? Just no, fucking claim it. That's cool. I like it. Express yourself. We're, we're going to die soon. There's, maybe there's going to be a volcano. We've talked about this on the program before. The volcanoes are coming. <laughs> okay. I do feel there are a couple caveats, though. So first and foremost, I think claims have gotten a bad name because people started doing them not out of that feeling of excitement, but out of wanting a desired result from some fucking stupid judge in a tower, right? Yeah. I think if it wasn't for competitive surfing and the way that claims have been corrupted, uh, that it wouldn't have the same, it wouldn't be that sort of like cultural faux pas that it is today. So I think I agree with you on the stance that like when you feel it and it just naturally comes out of you, that's a sick claim. When it's not, Definitely not. Well, also, one thing though, to clarify, just to jump video, in, okay. you called the judges stupid, but per VIP Paul's piece last week, they're smart. They're getting paid up there where everybody else is just losing money. So go on. Just want to say they're smart up there. Okay, fair enough. But the other part of this is just so everybody's aware, if you didn't see it on our Instagram stories this week, the video that this guy is referencing is him claiming a wave, not just surfing but surfing in a wave pool. Yep. And also, he's claiming basically a barrel, if you even want to call it that, in the wave pool, which this is maybe getting too like sort of like granular and nuanced. But to me, a barrel in a wave pool absolutely does not count whatsoever in any capacity, whether it's your first barrel or your best barrel or whatever. Like barrels and wave pools don't count. For whatever reason, I feel a little bit differently about airs. I think if you go and you like land your first air in a wave pool or whatever, like I, I give that the nod. I think that that counts. I think that requires like more work from you, the surfer, than getting a barrel that just basically breaks in the same exact spot every single time. I don't think NBD airs count in a wave pool. So like I said, this is getting way too technical and obviously it's very subjective the way that I'm feeling about this. But anyway, I, I don't rate claiming barrels in wave pools. I'm all for you claiming a barrel in the ocean, wave pools not so much. 
so yeah, that's how I feel about this. I agree with you that I think this guy is generally right. I think generally speaking, if you're fucking stoked about a wave, even if it was just you connecting a wave to the shore, but I think you should be able to claim that 100%. Get your last wave in all the way to the beach. I think you claim it. But Buckley, as you said, you want to give him a penance. So what have you got for him? Well, first, I mean, I, I, I get your first point 100%. Like when you need a 5.17, you surf wave to like a 4.73 and you throw your arms in there. That's shit. Everybody can agree on that. The wave pool thing, I kind of, I agree with it on the pro level, not on the amateur level. And we saw this clip. He's amateur. He's not, uh, he's not, you know, trying to sign a new deal with Tenori, is he? Um, that said, I mean, it looked like it was what the wave in Bristol was my guess. I think if, if I was there and I was just like about to go for my session and I saw that guy claim that wave and his friend just look and discuss, I would laugh. I would, my reaction would be positive. Like this is cool. <laughs> so <laughs> I back it. Uh, my penance is, so I like that his friends hate it. I like that they're disgusted by it, disgusted by him. That adds so much value to it for me. Um, my penance, if you will, is to just spray his friend. He's got to spray his friend. Um, <laughs> spraying people is so funny. Sometimes you kind of do it by accident. It's just like you wanted to place a turn. It was just where you were doing the turn. And sorry, you're kind of there and you're going to get a little bit wet, even though we're in the ocean. We're all wet anyway. Um, when you really go out of your way to spray somebody, I think it's one of the most hilarious things you could do on a surfboard, uh, especially if it goes kind of wrong and it either gets dicey or you run them over a bit. Like that's, that's really funny. All right. So to me, the crime here was claiming a barrel in a wave pool, which is a synthetic surfing environment. I don't back that. I think you should only be claiming barrels in the ocean, which is a natural something you have to work for. So the way that I'm going to connect this is I want you to work a little bit. I want it to be non-synthetic. I want you to change the oil on your car using non-synthetic oil. I want you to get under there. I want you to do all the things. I don't even know how to change my oil, to be honest, um, but you're going to have to figure that out. I don't know if you do, but I want you to change your oil, make it non-synthetic, and um, yeah, have, have a great you know four-month span, hopefully, with that new oil change. This guy had the vibe to me of somebody who he's getting under that hood. So he's got a good penance, man. He's going to go just take care of his, uh, let's say, Skoda. Um, what's their kind of sedan one? I think he has a sedan, this guy. Um, 2017. So he's looking after his car anyway. And yeah, then he also has to spray his friend or run his friend over and cause bodily or surfboard damage and sue me like a leash company. <laughs> and then drive to the ocean and get barreled out there and claim that. Sounds like a great plan. Call it a week. Enjoy your healing journey, buddy, and keep on claiming in my book. Thank you, as always, for listening to The Drop. If you have a surf sin of your own, you can submit it to michael at stabmag.com or bucketstabmag.com. Send it vertically from your phone. Keep it 60 seconds or less. And if you get aired on this podcast, you will win a free year of Stab Premium. But for those of you who are a little bit more conservative and maybe don't want your face shared on our Instagram or your voice shared on this podcast, we understand. That's why we're going to give you the ability to get 25% off a Stab Premium membership, and that is by using code CYBER25 at checkout. This deal will expire soon. It's a Cyber Monday deal, so get on it quick. You can go to the Stab Premium sign-up page, type in code CYBER25, and you'll be able to get a full year of Stab content for just under $60.